We are back in the series for week number eight, More Like You. And I got to tell you, it's been a really cool time together as a church as we've gone through the fruits of the Spirit. In fact, I've actually learned so much than I had ever, more than I had ever learned before about the fruits of the Spirit and about these things that the Bible tells us, the scripture tells us that when we become a Christian, when we cross the line of faith, that not only should we strive to possess these emotions and, and thoughts and ways of being in the fruits, but that we have the ability to, by the Holy Spirit, living in our lives. And I think it's so cool as we've gone through this. So as we dive in today, let me just catch you up and we're going to put the verse up on the screen from the book of Galatians that talks about all nine fruits and then we'll talk about where we're going to go today. So Galatians chapter 5 verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. So I want to talk about what we're going to talk about today for the next 30 to 35 minutes or so and I want to talk about my journey with this particular fruit. So Today, because John talked about faithfulness two weeks ago, we were off last week. If you were here last week, our apologies, we were not. So I don't know what you did, but I hope you had a great morning. But we were not here, but we're back this week. So gentleness is our fruit of the Spirit this week. So this is going back a couple of months now, probably back to maybe even early June when John called me and we were having a conversation about this message series happening. And he said, I think we want to do a, a message series this summer on the fruits of the spirit. I said, great idea. I said, I'm, I'm all in. I think it's wonderful. And then we had talked about maybe combining some of the fruits. I don't know if you've ever you know, thought about all the fruits of the spirits at large like this, because some of them are a little bit similar, at least we thought so from the outset, but we really realized that they weren't as we dug into them. But we're like, what if we combined, you know, kindness and goodness and maybe gentleness? And, and we kind of came to the conclusion that these are very different things, that the Holy Spirit uh, allows us to have each of these things for a reason. So we needed to spend a week on each one of these fruits of the spirits. And John said to me, hey, I want you my, my good buddy, he said, to really take us in, right, with gentleness. And I want you to, this is actual footage of me on the phone with John when he asked me to do gentleness. Because who wants to talk, I mean, really, at the end of the day, I was like scraping the bottom of the barrel a little bit on gentleness. I was like, who's, what are we going to talk about when we're going to talk about gentleness, right? I mean, it's, it's one of those kind of emotions and, and, and ways of being that you don't really hear about a lot. And, and I was like, I don't know that I really wanna talk about gentleness. And then I wrote this message. And I told some of our volunteers who were here before service today, I said, I, I don't wanna be presumptuous and I don't wanna say something that's gonna set us up for false expectations, but I think that this fresh look that we're gonna take together on gentleness today actually might be the most powerful fruit of the spirit week that we have. Because I've really dove into gentleness and I was like, this is so powerful and so amazing when Christians get this right. And so I started to think about this and I started to ask myself the question. And I want you to ask, I want to ask you the same question as we dive in. How would you describe gentleness? Like, what is that? Do you think about it a lot? I mean, is, is, does it cross your mind a lot? Because if it's important enough to be written in the Bible as a part of the big nine, the fruits of the spirit, basically saying, this is what Christians should be like. This is how they should act. These traits should be kind of flowing out of their heart and body, everyday gentleness. Do you think about gentleness a lot? I mean, I know that in my life, it's not a word that I use a lot. 
right? It's not a word that I go, yeah, I want to be gentle, right? I, I don't think that that's just something that's on the tip of my tongue a lot, even though when you think about the word, that it is very meaningful if you think about how deep it is. So I want to tell you that gentleness is actually based on the original Greek word in the New Testament, which means, don't miss this, and by the way, if you are a note taker or somebody takes pictures of the screens, because I know a lot of you do that, there are a lot of pictures to take today. There's a lot of cool things and analogies and practicals today, so don't miss that. But based on the original Greek word in the New Testament, gentleness means, I love this so much, and this is where my journey with gentleness started to really take root. And I was like, this is going to be an important week for our church. I feel like it is, right? Gentleness means strength under control. Strength under control. So I, I was thinking about this and I was like, wow. So we have the ability to have this strength or have this power, yet Christians who embrace the fruits of the Spirit and who should have these traits pouring out of them have gentleness, which means strength under control. They got a handle on it. They know how to deal with things. They know what that looks like. And the Bible has all kinds of things related to gentleness in the scripture. And I'm going to dive into some of those today, even more than just the fruits of the spirit verse. The book of Philippians chapter four, verse five says this, start us off. It says, show a gentle attitude toward everyone as Paul was writing to the Philippians. So what am I going to give you today as it talks about gentleness? And this is where I think it's going to get really important and really deep. I'm going to give you six Bs, okay? Now, it's going to get a little churchy in here this morning, and I want to just clear the air because we're generally not really churchy, but we're going to get churchy this morning. And I just want everybody to know that because there are times that like, and John's been doing this too. Somebody said in the... Um, you know, out, out in the museum lobby, they said, you know, my favorite part of the message when you speak, and I was like, yeah, the end, like when we really get like into the, into the meat of the scripture and God moves and the Holy Spirit like fills the room, and they're like, no, it's when you zing John Garippa from the stage, it's my favorite part. I said, but he's been being really nice to me lately, so I gotta, you know, I'm trying to reciprocate, okay? Um, but what I'm gonna give you six Bs today, things that we're gonna be as it relates to gentleness. And I think it's going to be really important because we've thought about these and we've talked about these. These would be the things that people who embrace gentleness, almost embracing Christianity, embracing Jesus, get and understand even more than, than anyone on the planet. So the first B that I'm going to give you is this, is that when you're interacting with people, that when you're embracing people, when you're engaging with people, you want to be understanding not demanding. Okay, let's think about this for a second. So if the fruits of the Spirit describe who you are as a Christian, and gentleness is one of them, then the six things that I'm going to give you are how we should be living and interacting with culture and society and each other as related to the way that we behave, the way that we react. And what we want to do is be understanding, not demanding. Philippians 2.4 says this, don't look out for only your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Be understanding, not demanding. Gentleness. So I started to think about this because this could translate into a lot of areas in our lives. So here's one question for one specific area that is going to resonate 
resonate and kind of radiate through this room. How do you treat people who provide a service to you? Be understanding, not demanding. How do you treat people who provide a service to you? You want to talk about an opportunity to be a Christian, to exude? And I see people in the room like getting stressed right now. Like if you're, you're like, man, I'm just trying to loosen up. Okay, how do you treat people who provide a service to you? And by the way, if we were sitting around having a conversation at a dinner, happy hour, cup of coffee, we would probably all agree, man, since the pandemic service has gotten really bad, right? Would you agree with this? I don't care whether it's a, a waitress or waiter or Publix or a hotel or resort or airlines, like we, because people are frustrated and they, they translate that frustration on over. Like we would go, wow, people have got, service has gotten mad. Interesting. Be understanding, not demanding. Gentleness. Are you rude? Are you rude? I've been with some of you. Some of you are rude. You've been with me. I, I might be rude, and, and, and I, and, or I just go, or are you understanding? Are you understanding? You know, I tend to think something, and this is where I've just been really trying, and this goes back to my wife, because she has been really trying to have these words be present in her life in the last number of years, gentleness, kindness. She kind of says these words of the year, and she tries to work on them, and it's really cool. So I've been trying to work on this too. Sometimes I do really good, sometimes I don't. But I started to think about this related to someone who gives me bad service, okay? In whatever forum I interact with this person, I started to think about this. I bet they had something really bad go on in their life this week. I bet they had really I bet they had something really bad go on in their life this week. You know what? I was in Michigan. There was a time where uh, I was doing kids ministry and at times I would lean into the youth department, okay? And so if you've ever worked with teenagers, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And there was a moment, right? where this was probably going back to 2004 or 2005, where there were some teenagers who served and they volunteered. And one of the things that we would do is we would have sometimes these gatherings on the weekend where you go get ice cream or whatever. And there was this one particular circumstance where there was this crossing guard who was in the middle of the street and he was very aggressively shooing people along with his whistle and pointing at people to the, to the point where the teenagers who were in my car at the time said, what a jerk. And they all started kind of chiming in on each other and kind of building on each other. And I'll never forget what happened in that moment. I stopped the car and I said, hey, I don't know if you know this, but I know that guy. And I said, I know who that is. And I know what happened in his life this week because his mom, who he's been caring for for a long period of time, died 48 hours ago. And he's had a traumatic experience watching her suffer and has she went through that. So cut him some slack because he's been going through a lot. And you should have seen their faces. And they looked at me and they go, Mr. Adam, is that true? And I said, no, but it could be. I want you to understand that could have happened to him, and we don't know what someone's gone through on a week-in and week-out basis. So we have to step back and be understanding and not demanding. And we tend to think, and by the way, if you're not a Christian in this room, if you don't claim to follow Jesus and follow his teachings, you do whatever you want. 
right? Like, I'm just telling you what Jesus tells followers of his to be like. And if you are one of his, then if you are rude in certain circumstances, gentleness is something in your life that A, you should pray for and B, you should work on. Because gentleness is something that Christians should exude. It should pour out of them. Number two is this, as we take a look at the B's. Be gracious, not judgmental. Be gracious, not judgmental. Um, This is a really hard one for people. Because no matter what goes on, no matter how committed to Christianity we are, following after Jesus we are, we just tend to be judgmental. It's one of those deep-rooted, and I've talked about this before at DHC, it's one of those deep-rooted things in Christians. We're just judgmental. We judge others. And not only just lifestyle decisions or behavioral decisions, we judge outfits and hairstyles and small choices and big choices. Be gracious, not judgmental. One of the cores of gentleness. The book of Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 says this. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, If another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person get back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Let me get get real for a second. Every single person in this room, myself included, has screwed up, and then we have had people in our lives around us who have screwed up. What's your reaction to people who screw up? Is it gentleness and humility, as the book of Galatians called us to do? He screwed up. I got to be there for him. He screwed up again. I got to be there for him. He screwed up again. I got to be there for him. And, and, And what happens during the healing and restoration process? Or is our attitude one that is judgmental? They had it coming. Boy, they had it coming. And there's a little part of you that just can't wait to watch it unfold. And you're like, man, she had it coming. Man, he had it coming. I told you so. I told you so. We talked about this, didn't we? We we spoke of this. I don't. I, I I know that we told you like about these things. I told you so. You will become gentler. You will become gentler when you learn to act gracious and not judge. You will become gentler when you learn to act gracious and not judge. There are going to be people in your life who are going to screw up constantly. If you think that you or the people surrounding you are exempt from that, you are wrong. That's just not how life goes. How you respond to those things, how you actually engage with others shows how gentle you can be in a circumstance. Be gracious, not judgmental. And the truth is, is that so many of us day in and day out are constantly judging. We almost look forward to judging others. Be gracious, not judgmental. 
Now, this next one I'll put up on the screen is the worst one. I just want you to know. Like, it's the worst one related to the Christian ease and the rhyming. However, I was trying to rhyme them all, and I was, so just stay with me. Be tender without surrender. Now, this is very bad, okay? This is a bad one, okay? But I just want you to, I'll, I'll, let me go into it before you really, like, dive, like, dive in and under, okay, stay with me. Be tender without surrender, meaning you are going to, in your life, have people that disagree with you, and just because you have people that disagree with you doesn't mean that you need to give in to their opinion. It's not about that. It's about your reaction to them and how you deal with them versus caving and surrendering. Your gentleness will be exposed when people disagree with you. Your gentleness, I'll put the arms up for that one. Let's go home, right? Your gentleness will be exposed when people disagree with you. You ever been at, like speaking, let me get back to the Thanksgiving table here, okay? You ever been to the Thanksgiving table and somebody has the third glass of wine and they start getting a little loose-lipped? This is always kind of one of those things that you almost enjoy watching, which exposes your gentleness and you should do better on that. Anyway, it gets a little loose-lipped and then all of a sudden somebody else responds, Boy, you know, I disagree with you about that. And I, you just watch everybody right around the table. It's, and you watch like, you know, Uncle Tim, he's the one who tries to change the subject, but it ain't changing at that point. It's going down and you're, you're, it's going down in the underground sound right there. And you're watching it happen and you're going, wow, okay, this is about to, I'm not, I'm not coming here next year for Thanksgiving. Like you've, you've been there. Your gentleness will be exposed when people disagree with you. How are you going to handle it? What are you going to say when someone says, hey, you know what? I disagree with that. And by the way, there are two ways that they are going to tell you they disagree with you. They're going to tell you gently and they're going to tell you aggressively. doesn't matter how they tell it to you. You have a choice of how you're going to respond. And your response is a gentleness barometer without, without compromising your opinion. Being tender without the surrender. Proverbs 15.1 says this, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. This next point is one of the favorite, one of my most favorite things that's ever been on the screen at DHC. I just love it. I already have the chills and it's not even on the screen, right? I love this one. Gentleness is the ability to disagree agreeably. That's Gentleness. Gentleness is the ability to walk away from someone and say, I know that maybe we don't see eye to eye on this, but we are going to continue in relationship and continue to dialogue gracefully without aggression, without language, without me insulting you and just go, you know, I think we might disagree on this and that's okay. I still love you. And by the way, even because I still love you, that means we can still associate with each other even though we disagree. Did you know you can walk hand in hand with someone without seeing eye to eye? You can walk hand in hand with someone without seeing eye to eye. It's possible. Gentleness is so, so key. Because what happens when we don't understand what gentleness is, is we might disagree with someone and then we say, because you and I don't see eye to eye on these issues. And by the way, there are Many issues, even amongst Christians in 2022, 
where people do not see eye to eye. I'm not sure if you're aware of that or if this is the first time you've heard of it. However, there are issues that Christians just don't line up on. They're like, you know, I, I read the Bible cover to cover. And, and, and because I do, I, I think this way. And then there are other people who read the Bible cover to cover and they go, and because I do, I think this way. That is not the point. The point is, is that gentleness allows us to walk hand in hand and do life with and watch people go through things and help bring them back up without seeing eye to eye on every particular thing. Some of my best friends in my life, we might agree on a lot of things, but every once in a while we sit around and talk and they go, I, I don't, I'm not sure I'm with you on that. And I say, that's okay, I'm not sure I'm with you on that, but it's okay because we're still gonna walk through life together. And I think it's so important to be graceful in our responses, tender, gentleness. Yet you be you. You don't need to compromise your opinion for someone else. That's you. Gentleness is so key to the Christian faith. The fourth one is this. Be teachable, not unreachable. I'm going to tell you some of the most gentle people I know are people who are teachable. You ever get to a point in your life where you're not teachable and man, watch God come down on you. And I'm not a wrath kind of guy. I'm not pale fire and brimstone kind of a guy on this stage, but I'm telling you, you want to watch God humble you, come to a point in your life where you go, I got it all figured out. I, tell God that. You think you got it all figured out? Tell him that one time. See, watch what happens. Let me come back, write a book about it after you go through it. Let me know how it goes. We're going to be teachable, not unreachable gentleness. Those who are teachable, those who are able to be guided and helped along the way. James chapter 1 verse 19 says this, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, quick to listen, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. I love talking with people who are older than me. I just love it because they've had some experiences that I probably haven't had. They've had some experiences that they've gone through in life. I love chatting with people who are kind of at a different phase of life that I'm at right now. I mean, I have a two and a half year old and I love talking with people whose kids are leaving the house going, tell me what it's gonna be like for the next 18 years, you know, until that moment happens and then what's it gonna be like after that? And generally everybody says the same thing, you'll be broke, but other than that, they'll tell you about there's some little stories in between. However, I still want to learn. So I don't know if you guys know this about me, but DHC, as much as I love it and I'm passionate about what we do here, this is not what I do for a living to provide for my family. I get the privilege and honor of running an organization and we, are, uh, we book people's travel and we do all those kinds of things. And one of the things that I always tell our leaders in our organization is that when we think we're the best and when we think we have it all figured out and we think that we need to stop innovating to look into the future based on what's next, then we will be taken down the rungs of the ladder so quick. You always have to continue learning. You always have to continue growing. Be teachable, not unreachable. Unreachable. People who are gentle have a teach me attitude. People who are gentle have a teach me attitude. I, I want to learn about this. I, I don't want to not learn about this. Help me. I don't have this all figured out. I don't know. 
That's why we learn from people who have experience. That's why we learn from educators and scientists and people who've studied these things. And we go, teach me. That's why we learn from the Bible. I love learning from the Bible. There's so much in the Bible that we can learn from. And I love consistently being a Christian for a number of years and still reading it and still learning along the way. There's so much knowledge to learn, but the only way that you won't learn is if you're unreachable. You want to know what else I love? I love this. You can't be gentle and be a know-it-all. You can't be gentle and be a know-it-all. It doesn't work. You can't be gentle and be a guy or a gal who nobody can have a conversation with. By the way, speaking of, this point brings me to an interesting other point about this idea of being teachable and not unreachable. Do you ever have something going on in your life and you ask someone maybe with more experience for advice? Have you ever had that? So let, let, let me just give you an example. I got something going on t- in my life and I go to ask my buddy Steve about it. And I say, hey, Steve. Let me ask you about this thing I have going on in my life. And Steve tells me, takes the time, maybe he's experienced in this area. And I don't listen to him when I ask him, right? Have you ever done this? This would be one of those things where you would prove in these moments that you are unteachable, right? You may even be interested in asking an opinion, but in this circumstance and in these circumstances, action is as important as listening, If someone teaches you, do it, or else you'll probably wind up in the exact same set of circumstances that you are right now. Be teachable, not unreachable. Number five, be an actor, not a reactor, okay? Be an actor, not a reactor. I I know that I'm getting short on time, and and as I've gotten older, I just want you to know that, like, they've said to me at DHC, they're like, I don't know what's happening as you get older, but you seem to be preaching longer. Like you, you seem to like, you know, we got, they got to flip the museum. So get done with it. So they've been telling me I got to keep moving. So I'm going to try to keep moving. Be an actor, not a reactor. Here's the point. Be someone in your life. You want to talk about gentleness who initiates action, not reaction. Okay. Be someone in your life who initiates action and not reaction. Told you today was going to be powerful. If you walked in thinking gentleness, people who pat each other on the back. No, we got things to do. Jesus can change lives. Be someone who initiates action, not reaction. Here's my question to you. How are you in your life actively working the things which God has said to you, I have broken your heart over? What are you going to do? Be a person of action or based on reaction? Whatever the circumstance is, do you you react poorly? You blow up? You got a temper? You yell at your spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, kids, dogs, pets? You react poorly? A lot of you react poorly. I know I've reacted poorly. Not good. Not gentle. Do you react poorly often? We just lose the, I think we just lost the feed. Do you react poorly often? Here's what I want you to know, by the way. When we lose the feed at DHC, let me explain to you what's going on right now. So the tech booth is scrambling and are about ready to reach for the medication in the bags because they're about, but, but I'm as cool as the other side of the pillow. 
because I know my sixth point and I'm ready to go through this whole thing. Oh, it's back, okay. You react poorly often. It's important for us to ask these questions and it's important for us to dive into this. Do you, do you, do you react poorly more often than not, okay? Do you react poorly more often than not? That's what I want you to know. If you have anger and temper issues related to this, then gentleness is not something that you have figured out in your life yet. Proverbs 16, 32, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. You want to know what this means? Those who have control of their own emotions and life are those who actually are closest to God the Father. Mightier than those who were powerful in the eyes of the world. Be an actor, not a reactor. Reactions are really bad. They expose what's really going on in your heart. Be an actor, not a reactor. And the last one is this, be respectful. You wanna be gentleness? You want to experience gentleness in your life. You want to be gentle. You got to work on being respectful. Above all in your life, above all, here's what I want you to know. And this is a really, let's take it home because we do a really bad job of this, gang. This is really important. Above all, practice gentleness with unbelievers. Above all, practice gentleness with unbelievers. Why, oh why, do Christians in this world think that people who haven't chosen to follow Jesus are going to act like a Christian? We all think it. Can you believe that she did this? Of course we can believe it. Why, why, why would they not? And, and we get riled up about it and we get angry about it and we get disrespected by it. Above all, practice gentleness with other believers. Because if our goal is to show this world who Jesus is, do you really think that someone is going to want to follow Jesus by looking at your life if you are someone who is filled with rage and anger and bitterness and rejection all the time? Who would want to go follow Jesus then? I wouldn't. If that was my only connection was you, which by the way, is what Jesus says to, to his followers in his most famous message of all time, the Sermon on the Mount. You are going to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. We are to go out and represent him to others. But we're not very gentle in the way that we do it. So when we witness, and that's a real Christian term. I told you today it was gonna be a deep into the Christian terms. When you witness, respect. Don't reject. Respect. Don't reject. A lot of times we get irritated or angry with people who haven't crossed the line of faith. Who in the world are we? You know, it's 2022. We've had an interesting last couple of years. Um, we live in a charged time. And I love when people tell me, you know, it's getting bad. Oh boy, and, 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 and we know that things are always going to be and always have been bad. Even during the time of Jesus. In fact, they may have been worse then than they are now. I don't know, I wasn't really there. 
But I do know this. Jesus was always gentle, always respectful, always. I'm talking to every Christian who can hear my voice, watching online, sitting in this room. You ready? Most of you are not. I am not. I'm not always gentle and respectful. In fact, more oftentimes, I'm not gentle or not respectful. Respectful, maybe even more often than I am respectful or gentle. And the problem is, because we just blow off gentleness. I did. Is that we can't blow off gentleness. Because the world is looking at us to see how gentle we are. And what if this one fruit of the spirit that many of us just kind of slough off is actually the key to it all. What the world needs, what this earth needs, what planet earth needs is believers exemplifying gentleness every single day getting it right. Gentleness is the key to everything. All other things actually filter through this. Gentleness is so, so big. You know why? Because when you're gentle, you're approachable. When you're gentle, you're loving. When you're gentle, you have the Holy Spirit flowing out of you and other people go, I like that. That's, that's who I want to be around because you know they, they, they listen to me. They're gentle with me. They don't disrespect me. They're, they're teachable as well. And I can disagree with them well. Gentleness is key. What the world needs is believers exemplifying gentleness. So what's the practical? You know, we've done eight weeks on the fruit of the Spirit now. We've done eight weeks on these fruits. And if you would have asked me a couple of weeks ago before we got to this message um, what I thought about how it was going to end up after today, I would have I said, eh, gentleness, it'd probably be a decent message. Uh, I, I don't really know. I, I mean, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I guess somebody being nice, but so much more. This fruit is so powerful and so deep. And so many of us blow it off and we blow it off because we got it wrong. So the first practical is this. In our lives, and we're going to do this as we close the service, I just want you to pray for gentleness. Pray that God would convict your heart and your life right where it's at and to, to be more gentle. To be one of those people who can exhibit gentleness and can um, just help a world who is broken see what gentleness really means. And then in your day-to-day -day life, as you maybe took pictures of those, and maybe we can send these out in a MailChimp because they were so strong and so good as we went through this week, uh, just so you can reference them. I just want you to practice gentleness. If we understood that some of those things that we heard today could help others know Jesus, wouldn't we do these things differently in our lives? Because this week was like a smack in the face to me as I went through this message.
They said, this might be what's holding us back. This might be what the barrier is. This, this is where others could break through, gentleness. And lastly, it's just this very simple question. What if you left today and you realized gentleness was a key? It didn't say the key. You could argue with me about that. It's about love and salvation, and knowing God the Father, and all the things that go into it. I get it all, right? But what if we just step back and realize as we were deep, deeply studying the fruits of the Spirit at DHC, that gentleness was one of the keys to Christianity, and that by us being gentle, that we could actually win and bring others to Christ. Last story I'll tell. Our volunteers are some of my favorite people um, on the planet. We, we come in early every Sunday, and you know, it's, I, t I actually told the group on the loading dock this morning when we got here about 6.30, I said, I might use that example as I close the message today because we were talking about fruits of the Spirit. And somebody asked me, what's the one today? And I said, gentleness. And there was kind of a, a couple of, ah, oh, you know, gentleness. I've heard that one before. And I said, oh, we can't do that. Can't do that with the fruits. I said, and don't sleep on today because gentleness is going to be a lot deeper than you actually think it is. And sure enough, it is. Gentleness is so important, so big. Number eight, gentleness, it's not one to sleep on. For your life, for the future of Christianity, for us here at Downtown Harbor Church. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control john will be back next week to preach about self-control i'm not sure what he's going to say or how well he practices that himself but we're going to give him a shot that's not being gentle i apologize somebody asked me too early i got i gotta have a whole thing let me pray for us as we close the message let's pray father thank you so much for who you are and god this idea of gentleness is is just so powerful and, and we don't always think that it's powerful, but when we come into it and we're not sure what the Holy Spirit's going to hit us with today, but as we walk through it, we just are so thankful for the things that we can do. God, help each one of us to have a gentle heart and a gentle spirit. Go before us, guide us, surround us with your peace and your grace as we figure this out together. We pray it all in Jesus' name.